Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. uh-huh. Oh my god, bro. You're you're actually touching so many emotions that I'm having right now. I've been having a lot too. I wrote down this morning. I I got up and I started to write down I tried to write a manifesto about what makes a company or an organization cool. And that's something that I've been struggling with, articulating the cool factor. Yeah, when you said cool, I'm like, I don't even know how to go there. Exactly. What does it mean? So, Is it different, though, to everybody? Go on. Only go. Go. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. Right. This is the challenge. Absolutely, it's different to everybody. So there's one... There's one part that is, oh, fuck, this is just going to be a whole fucking wormhole. So there's, there's a few things. There's like good, there's, okay, this is what cool is to me. Okay. When I think of cool, I think of an awesome association, something that I'm really proud to be a part of that goes beyond just a simple values alignment. So for instance, I want to participate with businesses or companies or organizations that have a a clear value structure that I resonate with. Sure. Some of those don't always look cool. So if I took Cat and Cloud and rewinded like about a year ago, the things that we're putting out, the stuff that we're doing, the visual aesthetic that we have, the products on the shelf aside from the coffee... It didn't really feel that cool to me. Everything we believed in, I was super passionate about. Mm-hmm. All the stuff that we were doing was awesome. But when I look at it, I'm like, that eh, doesn't really look that cool. I don't know what that means. It doesn't, it doesn't make me go like, oh, that's sick. What? It's, it was one of those things where if, if I had to show someone who I just met, if I had to show someone I just met, like, oh, what do you do? Oh, I actually own this really awesome company. We do this. It's, oh, I want to check them out. And I had to show them our Instagram. I'd be like, maybe don't look at our Instagram. Mm. Uh, it's a little embarrassing to me. Maybe yeah. you should not. Maybe you should just skip that whole thing because it doesn't look that cool yeah. <laughs> to me. Well, no, I think I think that's super valid, but I also don't, I don't know if that's true for as many people, which is not a problem, right? It's just like finding a way to be proud of what you put out. Because I think a lot of people did think our shit was cool. I know. Not even this. And I, I agree with you. Like most of it, I mean, and there's no point in bashing what's been, we've done plenty of that. But I think there's lots of things that I want to continue to improve and look different. Kind of stoked that this year we did get to like slightly remodel some of our cafes and like up, kind of upgrade them, make them cleaner. But like even beyond that, I totally feel you. And at the same time, I think it's true for you, but it's not true for the overall. So really, it's how do we, how do we keep going? Um, what, what are other things that feel cool to me? Okay, Nike feels cool. They okay. make products that look cool Clear across mission. the board. Cool products. And I don't know if the coolness of them has anything to do with their values or what they believe as a company. Probably not, huh? Probably not. They're just undeniably cool. Like if you see a pair of deconstructed dunks or some, yeah. you know, SB blazers. I mean, they look fucking cool. And a lot of the stuff they make looks awesome. You know, the design's amazing. They, the products elicit emotions. They elicit this connection. Right. Well, there's detail. You really appreciate detail and intensity, intentionality. Yes. And you, it seems like can pick up on if it was done to a level that you would like. And your level is borderline psychotic in a good way. 
but like really, really high. Yeah, the tamper is probably the best coffee example of that detail yeah, or I a mean, project that encompasses that detail. Like you're very specific and very specific to what you like, and that's super good. It just probably makes it hard. It does make it hard because it, it throws you in a niche sometimes. But it, your niche isn't small. It just throws you in kind of like a, you know, it's like even even the Disney stuff. Like you can recognize it as good, but it is you're not about it. Okay, so yeah, here, right? the, yes, exactly. So that that's another really good brand to where, to me, Disney is amazing. Right. But they're not that cool. They're not, exactly. They're not cool. Yeah, but and to me, they are, to and, you, but yeah. it's different reasons. I though. guess that's interesting. Yeah, it is totally in the eye of the beholder. So when we're, when we're putting things in this pot of gumbo and stirring it so up, it's like. It's going to be a fun one. You, maybe you, it's mole. It's got, maybe it has to be mole. I think it's probably mole. More ingredients. Yeah, it's better. It's got that little chocolatey flavor. Yeah, I mean, hundreds of ingredients. Could be thousands of years old. <laughs> Age mole. They go hard. Dog. It's like 2012. Like Terra Reserve, Brazil. <laughs> we put a little coffee in the mole. You go to the one in, in New we Mexico, the place I want to go. Uh, I forget the name already. Dang I'm it. There already. They have like a 300 year old mole. Not a Let's joke. go, dude. Yeah. And it's supposed to be the best thing ever. It's cultured. Super small. Yeah, like you just get. Anyway. It's a super small mole. Mole. So you're making a mole. If we're, if we're making this mole stew, <laughs> okay. this is where it's tricky. So I got some stuff that I really like. Sure. I put it in the pot. Sprinkled. You got some stuff that you really like. Yep. You put it in the pot. Chuck has no style at all, but he puts <laughs> a little bit of whatever he does in the pot. Aced out. You Boom. know, we yeah. stir it up and then, then we have these conversations. And we have a, that, a hybrid baby of sorts. That are talking about, yeah, we have this, this kind of idea baby and we come out, we, we come up with something that, which is we're, we're kind of identifying every day now. Yeah, that I mean, is a and brand. We're in it's like some kind of brand identity. So we have things that exist that are good. That I'd say even f- just fine. They're for, fine for if you want to call it what what we probably believe. Besides, like the coffee quality, they're fine. Right. So how do we take it to the level of where this? Is undeniably cool. Yeah. We all think it's cool, even though we think different things are cool. Well, we started, because we started with the hard part, which is we finally overlapped and clarified our mission values. And that was the first part. And the next part, we're like in it. We're literally in it. So Chuck Chuck has said, oh, yeah, I know that I'm not going to be that guy. So let's go. You know, like. He knows that I'm a little, and I know it's not the same thing, but he knows that I'm a little more passionate about like getting stores and like physical space experiences going. If you were going to give it like somebody the top three, it'd be like me one, him two, probably you three in terms of new places, but in terms of branding and stuff, you would flip it and I'd be in the middle and he, you know what I'm saying? So like we're starting to like lean into letting somebody make the call. Yeah. And my experience with the physical location is interesting because I'm really passionate about the experience experience right. but i'm not as passionate about physically starting the new right. place and that's where you'll come in later but and we'll like tweak shit and that is that can be a little bit of a challenge too sometimes right because if i'm completely disconnected there's a danger that i walk into this cafe that is Unhappy. mine i'm like what the fuck happened here right like what not even just with uh it'd be with anybody design but with uh how does this workflow this doesn't make sense right. like we're doing this thing i don't get it like, yeah. you know so there's got to be that overlap mm-hmm. we got to get but, our venn diagram right but yeah i am uh incredibly aware and passionate of how people view our organization yeah 
from the outside in. And I think there is something that I haven't been able to define yet that is overwhelmingly cool, good that I would like us to be. In the sense that you take some of those things that you would look at and be like, oh yeah, that's rad. Mm-hmm. Um, Nike, we already mentioned. Whether, cool you're, to have, like, whether you're an Apple person or not, right. if you look at a MacBook Pro or sure. some of the designs, you're like, yeah, that's good. That's awesome. Yeah. You could take out your phone. This is what I want to be able to do. I want to be able to have conversations with people about our brand. Right. Take out my phone. Show people our website, our Instagram, and some of the stuff that we like created. Merchy stuff, yep. And feel the same amount of empowerment, and I back it, whether I'm talking to 18-year-olds at the skate park right. or talking to someone's grandma. Mm-hmm. And that seems tricky, but I, I think there are things to where even if people don't get every single por- portion of it, they can be like, I'm interested in that. I like that. I'm down with that. I mean, I think that's maybe, though, why you and I have worked, because I think we want to figure that out. We haven't yet, maybe. Or maybe we have in some areas and we haven't in others, or we haven't taken it to the mountaintop. But I think that's one of the overlaps is how do we make it genuinely awesome to the most broad spectrum of people? Because we actually believe that there's like this catalyst for connection, and that's what our whole mission is. Which is, it's a tall order, and that's where it's ever evolving. Though, and I think that's how I ended up diving into the Nike site so hard because they did this it this morning in because a way. they did it. Yeah, but they have obviously they so have a huge skews. brand with so much history, and that gives them a lot of opportunity. I mean, but design, they, skews, style, like... And they have niches within the exactly. niche, which I think is kind of something that we could incorporate and do, because they Absolutely. have... You have something... I, I don't know. What's a really normal... They have shoes that look, for all intents and purposes, you know, just Dad like shoes. a normal shoe. Yeah. Like, this is a normal shoe. Sure. It spans from... I'm trying to think of an maybe that's a good thing. I can't think of like a normal Nike, but you've got I an know. you've got an Air Max 90. Sure. Um you've got a you've got Jordan like that one 4, that's not like the Cortez or, or you've got like, like you know the step oh, yeah, up you of got the Cortez that's like a really straightforward. or Genoski or something. Yeah. All these different yeah, shoes the and they all kind of exist in their own niche. And while their own someone style of person. Exactly. And while someone who would wear um not everyone's going to wear an Air Max 97, which is the one with like the big, huge kind of full soul bubble. It's yeah. Like ridiculous. Yeah. It's like to some people, it probably looks completely Sneaker ridiculous. Other people are like, right. I really like that a lot. Right. So someone who wears that might not be the same person who's wearing a Bruin, but each individual can a be like, that's a cool brand that uh-huh. I can get down with. I like this vibe. So what we're really in a way saying because the, the low-hanging, super simple fruit is create a diverse coffee menu. That's, that's not enough for us, I know. But that is... I mean, coffee, yeah, looking at I it mean, in terms like of your product, that's like the most key. basic thing that you can do right. is... Diverse roast, like a diverse thread of A thread flavor. of connection right. between them. And then, to, so take that into... That's simple I totally, to do. it's way too... It's like maybe so simple that it's not terribly inspiring unless you try to get into like... Or are very passionate about like how they're roasted, where they're sourced, and even probably down to packaging. Which those three things I am pretty passionate about. The ability to 
to utilize to make something, right? 100%. Like that three, those three things are actually pretty, pretty significant opportunities to make something unique yes. and a lot of different push and play. But that's still so what feels basic because we've been making coffee for 20 years. Well, and coffee seems so obvious in the way it's like, okay, cool. You roast coffee. It's the main product that we sell. Yeah. Making a diverse menu is is really easy because we know how. Like, we know how to roast dark really well. We know how to do really awesome and still develop light roasts and... The answer is just everybody's fucking favorite coffee on earth whenever I send it to them. Sure. You know, it's the magic of anybody can drink it, and we're really good at that. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to the visual piece, if we're trying to create a niche within an umbrella, the other week at the meeting, you know, we have the blue bags. Everybody knows our blue bags. Yeah. So, you know, a couple of weeks ago at our Friday executive meeting, it's like, hey, we're going to be launching these coffees in two weeks and we need to differentiate them because they cost, you know, 50% more than the normal coffees. What should we do? Yeah. Too short well, When are they going to launch? Well, they're going to launch in two weeks. I'm like, well, we can't do anything. <laughs> yeah, pretty much nothing. I'm like, well, we can put them in a different color bag. That's about it. That's a start. It yeah. could be. And it's already got to be stock. And it's got to be a bag that exists already. And that's the kind of world that we live in. So getting ahead of those things mm-hmm. and then having the conversation, okay, this is our blue bag it's it's for everybody it's right it's the standard it's what you know as cat and cloud Mm -hmm. and then what do we do to create niches to hit these other things rather than just simply slapping a sticker on or simply changing the bag color like to connect it to the people it's supposed to be connected to Mm. and you can have something that's full-blown psycho you know up to the off-white Virgil Abloh collab where the shoes right. sell for a thousand bucks or whatever. You know, there, what's there's some version of of that that doesn't have to feel corny and just like yep. a money grab. That agree, giving to someone who gets it. Absolutely agree. I mean, that's that's the challenge, and that's again on the most basic level of the thing that we. That's like the thing that we could make happen, quote unquote, the fastest and the soonest is something like that because we already have the skill set. It really would come down to like agreeing and the amount of money we want to spend to make said things happen. Because oh, I'm feeling is... more, exceptionally more confident in the style, like claiming a style of how we want to roast a coffee. I've just been going so hard with with Grace and Brittany and that team over there that I'm like, I'm feeling really good. And I've started cupping other people's coffees next to ours and, you know, finding that we're able to do things that towards the beginning I was like oh that's we just don't have coffee that can be like that I'm like okay we're able to kind of do what we want to do and I'm feeling really confident that we can lead that so that means we've covered this huge base of people then how do you express the stories throughout after that which is where all the time comes how's it look what's the story why do they care even working through all that like that's a lot no this is a great combo because even with something as simple and non-coffee related as let's say a t-shirt Oh, make gosh. it a t-shirt the freedom to make a different kind of shirt and explore and have it be okay that hey this shirt is going to be kind of like a skate shirt sure and if you're used to our traditional apparel probably not for you you're sure. probably not going to buy it yeah it's you know it's a it's and a, then it, even arguably like is anybody used to our apparel 
and I'm sure they are. But yeah, even there from is. me and you, I know. Yeah, I it's know. like a mom like, with a stroller walking down Pleasure Point, and she's got her Verve shirt from 10 years ago, and then she layers her Cat and Cloud local. hoodie over the top of it. Double and local. That's exactly yeah. where we're at right now. <laughs> the Cat and Cloud podcast is sponsored by Steeped Coffee. Steeped Coffee is a new brewing method that combines specialty craft coffee into a single serving bag. You don't need a machine. You don't have to make a mess no matter where you are. All you have to do is add hot water. Each steep pack is individually sealed in nitrogen flush so it stays fresh and it's got this special immersion filter. And the filter is ultrasonic sealed which means it's sealed together with no glue, no staples, so there's no weird stuff floating around in your coffee. Steeped is a benefit B Corp. They ethically source all their coffee. Their packaging is fully compostable, and they believe that business should be done without compromise. You can get your hands on Steeped Coffee at steepedcoffee.com. That's S-T-E-E-P-E-D coffee.com. Asking your local retail stores to start carrying Steeped or having your favorite roaster reach out and get in touch. If you happen to be in Santa Cruz, come on by any of the Cat and Cloud locations. We have it there for you. Basically, they're just doing their best to change the coffee industry and make your life more convenient with their pre-portioned, pre-ground innovation. So tell all your friends. I'm looking for more intentionality in our stuff. You can't just see a bunch of new cool stuff and throw it on a shirt and think that it's going to work. It's like, we need to really utilize like different things for different opportunities. And you still have to have clear branding and you still have to have clear direction and it still has to like reflect who we are. And that's, that's what's interesting, like evolution to come. Yeah. It's almost like you're creating this home base. Right. And then you have this radius around the home base and you can kind of reach into this other area and dabble and then you pull back home and then you reach over here and then you come back home and you can do these explorations as long as you have this solid foundation where people can understand what you're about and still get the gist of the brand, not be so confused about what doesn't like, look like them at all i don't understand or i've never seen this and it's completely different yeah yeah i don't get it yeah yeah there's i mean even even to just being able to find inclusivity like we were we're cupping for our next coffees uh and we did a big run of like the 2b kenyan coffees like 20 of them or something like that the other day and afterwards i was thinking about it because like we agreed at the in the end to pick three coffees but there were a couple coffees that were on the table that were also very good that weren't necessarily my favorite or Charles or Grace's favorite, but there were some of the other people's favorites and they weren't, there was nothing wrong with them. They were just like not our top of the line. And part of me was like, I wonder if there's an opportunity even there to expand confidence and engagement by just saying, okay, cool. Like as long as we all agree, these aren't gross. These three people are picking the coffee today. Like, we're all going to pick one. And our favorite's going to go. And even if I wouldn't pick that one as my top, it's your top. Cool. It's different than the one we like. It's going to be okay because there's a bigger group of people out there. And I'm kind of, it's a slight tangent, but it's that same idea of like, how do we, how do you keep on expanding and growing and allow people to continue to take it, take it, take it 
so that's not only ours so as there well you're, as, you're basically giving ownership <clears throat> to someone else yeah was, it was just a similar idea reached like, a certain level of right. trustworthiness like, or why skill not? or whatever you want to call it yeah something and it was just something you were saying was pulling on that idea of of it's not like it wasn't none of those coffees were outside of the scope of cat and cloud so why why not allow for something that doesn't quite feel like jared's favorite which i'm totally down to but it was it was more like one of those things where I'm like, hmm, I wonder if there's opportunity in the future for, for more in that context where same thing. We're making sure that it is okay to fit under the cat and cloud umbrella, whatever it is. And then after that, it's okay for it to kind of go in its own direction because we've already signed off on the direction in general. Right. Mm-hmm. And let it, and I'm not saying that's how we should or shouldn't do it, but it felt like a way to make sure that somebody felt valuable in the future. And we're at a point with what we're talking about now where we're going to have to be heavily involved anyway. And we already are trusting the squad more so than we have in the past. But, yeah. but you still have to start pretty, hot, pretty in charge of it for a while first before somebody could fully take it over. Yeah, I go back and forth on those things. On one hand, I see the value in empowering someone. And on the other hand... Not too soon. The bigger <laughs> lesson is probably... These are the coffees that are our favorites, and here is why. Mm-hmm. So that in the future, you can pick the coffees that are like these because we do have this strong opinion on coffee. Because every step of the way, you're basically degrees off. Right. So the way it spirals bad is I would pick these two, but everyone's just going to pick their own. So you pick yours. Oh, right. And they're like, I like this one. Guess what? I'm empowered to pick coffee. So I'm yeah. going to pick the coffees that I like and not even really care about what Jared, Charles, or Chris thinks. Yeah, like, too far the wrong this, way. And that's all in the person's attitude, but also in the lesson, because we're setting up the lesson right. that they're going to need to learn. So is the lesson, you have your own voice in this company, or is the lesson, this is how you find really awesome coffee that mm-hmm. aligns with our vision of coffee? Totally. That feels like the more important lesson. If you can bring them together- Then you got a superpower. Maybe you can stair-step them right. to where it's like- Maybe exercise one when people get to a certain level is they're at enough cuppings like these, which maybe we'll call them calibration cuppings. Everybody picks their favorite. Everybody picks their favorite. Or actually, everybody doesn't pick their favorite. Everybody picks what they think would best fit in the cat and cloud vision. is where I was going. That's the better one. Right. So let's say someone does that enough times. Let's say you do a blind tasting, some sort of triangulation or or just general cupping. we're in agreement enough. Everybody puts things in the bucket. And Jared picked coffees one, three, and seven. And Charles picked the same coffee. And after three or four weeks in a row, Roaster X or whoever was cupping with you, complete calibration. Yeah. Then you can have a cupping that's like, hey, you've shown that you're like really dialed in. Yeah. To not even just earn the right, but earn, yeah, earn the skill. Earn the skill set. Yeah. Yeah. You are dialed in. So... We have a we have an upcoming cupping. We're gonna be out of town, so mm-hmm. we're gonna need you to pick two coffees out of these. Yeah, time to seven go. or whatever, and it's totally your call. We yeah. trust you, and they'll make a. Totally. So then you maybe have the better version of just letting them just pick a coffee for whatever, right? Because you you're tying it to education, so they don't just feel. There's always the risk of people feel like they've earned it or feel empowered when they really haven't. 
That's absolutely true. And that is incredibly scary for yeah. me. And I know it is for you too. Because well, we've seen how it can it can spin real hard. <laughs> it can get weird. Yeah. More so what I was thinking about is the I feel like when it comes down to cupping, like we're gonna have preferences, but you and I are going to be objective enough to pick different coffees and complexities because of what's best. But I do wonder, I'm like, I wonder if there's an opportunity for people to kind of fall into the, it's a positive rut, but it's a rut of always picking the same style of coffee because they like it the best. And that's more where I was coming from, but you're absolutely right. I agree with you. It can't just be, it yeah. has to come with all the caveats you spoke about, but I don't want to have, it's like, I think to the future and what we were speaking about earlier. And it's like, you want to have a diverse enough menu that somebody can not like a coffee, but still find something they love. Absolutely. Then, you know what I'm saying? 100%. And I know we do that with roast level, but even if oh. we're going to have three Kenyan coffees, I'd like to have three pretty different Kenyan coffees. All awesome. And that's kind of what I was thinking. I was like, I've been I'm objective enough to go. I want this one, this one, and this one for these reasons. Right. And they're not the same versus this is the best. This is the best. And this is the best. And I'm like, they all basically taste the same. hundred percent. And that's, that's where I'm kind of that going is, also. So that's the deeper right? teaching opportunity that we have because it's on us or you in that moment to really explain what we're thinking of right when we curate the menu and then you have to take it all the way to the guest experience mm-hmm. so imagine you're at home or you're either at home or you're in the shop both of these are equally annoying so if you're in the shop and you see three coffees that say Kenya on yeah. them on the shelf, and then you ask the barista which one they should get or how they're different, and the response is because it's true, they're all pretty much the same. If you like Kenyan coffees, you like any of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's kind of annoying. Oh, it'd be the or worst. if they're all in your cupboard at home because someone got them for you, and you're trying to figure out which one to brew, and it really didn't matter. That's not inspiring either. You yeah. know, you want to be excited about grabbing that bag that you're in the mood for at that moment. And I've been paying so much more attention to what I keep in my cupboard as mm-hmm. far as a range because I've noticed the moodiness in myself. Absolutely. Some days I just don't want to go there. Mm-hmm. So right now, um, you know, I've I've defaulted to always keeping the answer around. Yeah. Some days I just don't want a bright single origin coffee. It just doesn't seem exciting to thing. me. Yeah. And I've always got if it's on the menu something that is that some washed coffee from africa somewhere that is just on yeah on we're gonna get our fleek on shortly on fleek i wanted to say fleek fleek then i didn't want to say fleek i mean we're we're, yeah we're like showing it i'm with you but i I do pretty much always want a single origin in the morning but that's because i've taken part of my job on too is to like qc the coffees at home so tasting them all but even that i have to make sure that i have like three different coffees because it'll be a mood yeah. for sure it'll be like oh i can't wait till tomorrow where i'm gonna try that Buriti or the juan pena or damien or cabrizi from that'll be launched from rwanda or the gichathaini like all those are in rotation and sanahas and they're all in rotation based on the mood and then again it's like i know the roast and what we did with it and what we're trying to do with it and so it's really fun. And then I'll have decaf always because that'll be my, decaf do I want dark too. coffee? Even if it's in the morning, sometimes I want like, quote unquote, it's not even dark, but you know, a rounder, rich, a rounder, richer, fucking rich, caramelly bro. coffee. I'll grab that friend zone and just, that'll be my coffee. So, I, but anyway, all that to say is we're dumb, even, actually. we're opening up, we're kind of circling back onto what we're talking about, even in terms of coffee, right? It's like, that is one of the things we need to do is continue to educate on the, not educate, calibrate. I think everybody kind of, 
is generally educated enough in our company to know. It's both. I mean, that is education. It is calibrate both. that. That right. I mean, I would consider that. That's you, they they are that's huge learning. I just make uh I yeah I didn't want it to feel like the people. I mean, if they were listening. Don't that we are. Oh, they know how to roast coffee. coffee. Yeah, that's no. more what I'm saying. What I'm saying is the education or the opportunity to calibrate is like our goal is to continuously create and inspire connection through memorable experiences. Which means that not everybody should get the same experience every time with a coffee. And then it's the same thing with our bags. Like what on our bag? You know, it's like we're gonna start going there. And honestly, that probably is going to answer so many questions. And then our Venn diagram just needs to go next level where it's like, where's the crossover into what we all are so excited about? You know? Yeah. Freedom, I- new locations, meaning, exploration in new cities and the ability to move around the world and connect with new people. You know, there's like all those things that we need to calibrate slash formulate and prioritize how and they work in the future. See, those conversations sound fun. Even the conversation simply about the coffee having those it's really tricky because what we've just described doesn't happen all the time because it's really easy to get caught up in the moment of i like this coffee i like that coffee we should pick this coffee we should pick that coffee and then going the extra mile to really have that discussion of okay let's step back let's detach from a moment let's get out of the roastery and into the into the guest and and have those conversations it's it's just real I'm excited about but those are stuff. really inspiring because those are those once you've got a, a i feel shitty when we're talking about stuff i feel like i have to qualify like every single time so i'm gonna stop qualifying stuff we roast awesome coffee yet we're always gonna improve it but the coffee's undeniably good so we're gonna assume that for everything we have a base level of quality established right the product Please. product definitely matters let me just make a claim here there's a lot of different styles of roasting, and we're about to have all of them under our belt, and that's awesome because then we can actually make every single coffee how we want to make it and curate it versus what most companies have. Let me and just make just another claim. They all roast similarly the same style on all their coffees, and then there's roast levels. Here's the deal about not about coffee. That. It's better than yours, man. It's just, it's just better, dude. <laughs> I actually looked it up on the internet. I googled better coffee, and it was a picture of Cat and Cloud. And next to it, it said, cool. It said, cool. <laughs> <laughs> this shit was real this shit was cool it was cool man uh, but so, i got excited about that literally last night i went and got a coffee at a at a place and it was a single origin espresso they pull it different it was clean it was good and i'm like okay cool there's one other way to explore roasting and then we sit on it and then the right people learn all of these styles, and then we decide how to approach coffees in the way we want to approach coffees. And we have a diverse skill set of how to approach them in style of roast to make them awesome. And then we actually do it. We don't just say, we roast coffee like this. And that, to me, is a skilled, amazing, culinary-based, inspired company that is intentional about what the fuck it does. And most companies don't take that time. Well, all, yeah, all that Straight to up. say where I was going and why I felt the need to qualify that is what I was going to say is arguably the harder part is explaining that cultural piece. Right. Once you have the skills is constantly re- remembering to step back and have those conversations mm-hmm. from the guest point of view, from the outsider's point of view, think about the whole thing in an ecosystem and mm-hmm. not just how do I roast this coffee? It's kind of like making espresso or something really basic. Let's say you're learning register in the cafe. You get hired as a concierge and you come in, you're learning register. Yeah. Pushing the buttons. There's a hump to get over there. 
you got to learn how to do it, but you could push the buttons really well. You could make espresso really well. You could brew coffee really well, make pour overs really well, have really awesome latte art and still be a shitty barista. Absolutely. Because you're not connecting the whole thing in terms of the experience. And that's what we're talking about. Right. That is challenging. I've seen a ton of people who have amazing skills yeah. who are terrible baristas. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it's not because they don't know how to make coffee. No. No. <laughs> no. I'm like, and a lot of them are out there telling everybody else how to do that well, shit. Well, it's, it's, argu- it's arguably because they think about coffee more than they think about everything. They're not thinking of the right. ecosystem of what it means to walk through the doors of a cafe. That's okay. And they're yes, also out there and they're probably... Coffee is important, and yes, so is everything else. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Good. Sure, man. That was good. And we didn't even talk about mission or values specifically at all. Still can do. I don't care about values anymore. It's all about cool. Hey, that's the end of the podcast. Thanks for listening. I know this is the time, uh, the shameless, like, classic, we need your help, but... We do want to get our message out there, and we do want to share this with a lot of people. So if you could share this with others, you could subscribe, you could rate, you could review. It would greatly help us as we continue to push through not only the YouTube as it's fresh, but also the general podcast as we took nearly an entire year off from doing it. And so please do so, share it. I believe that we have some information and some perspectives that could help not only people in the coffee industry, but people in any industry, any walk of life. So do us that favor, do us that solid, bring us that love, and turn up for us, please. And I hope you all have a great time. Thanks for listening. Goodbye.